You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. I am so grateful that you're here, and I'm very excited about today's guests. First, I'm going to let you know that I will be coming to uh, Oroville Casino uh, this coming Saturday, February 15th. It's sold out. Toronto, Ontario, February 20th through the 22nd. There are still tickets available for the 20th. February 27th in Red Bank, New Jersey, the 28th in Oxon Hill, Maryland, February 29th at the Newport News Ferguson Center for the Arts in Virginia, and now March 7th in Maui, Hawaii at the Castle Theater. Those tickets will go on sale on Tuesday of this week. I'm so excited about today's guests. One is the 2017 and 2019 professional bull riding world champion. He's on the circuit right now defending his title. Uh, He's 22 years old, Mr. Jess Lockwood. And also joining us is the host of the Matt West Now podcast. He is the voice of professional bull riding, uh, PBR announcer Matt West. And you can see professional bull riding this coming weekend at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas for the Global Cup. And you can also find it on CBS and CBS Sports Network. Uh, Very happy to be here today with Mr. Jess Lockwood and Mr. Matt West. I know, right? Cowboy hat, you think? Seafood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pensacola Beach. like a T-bone shrimp, bro. I yeah. can see you having a yeah. big old. Shit, yeah, man. Just, just <laughs> the biggest shrimp ever. Medium well. I like, I like my shrimp. I like my shrimp well. Medium well. Dude, they know. do have some big shrimp in the Gulf of Mexico, though. Yeah. Those things yeah. get big, man. Yeah. You'll see one with like a coffee cup in it. <laughs> like, Smoking a cigarette in the morning. <laughs> yeah. This thing's been up all Got night. a rock star ball cap with a mullet in the back. Yeah, it's dude. awesome. You'll see one with like a Seen security it. vest on yep. like he's been working. Working at Hooters. Yeah. Saw it. Yeah. I need Garden to go to Pensacola sense. Beach, man. I ain't been there in a minute. Dude, Hooters used to be the place, man. Used to be. Used to be. You want to know that? How old are you, Jess? Twenty-two. Oh yeah, you don't know, man. That's now, disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting, bro. I'll drink <laughs> your blood, bro. Back in college, <laughs> in college, Hooters was was man. Uh, it was a shit. 
It was a place you would go so wife good. hunting, dude. Yeah. You really? would put, yeah. Oh, I remember I'd slick the sides of my head back with a jelly packet. Yep. Right? If we didn't have any hair gel, <laughs> yep. I'd get a, just like a light strawberry or something. Go down each side, and I'd go to Hooters, bro. <laughs> I would get an appetizer, yeah, and just stare straight into the eyes of every woman until they asked me to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good play, dude. I never could make eye contact. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was really shy. Oh, I got really nervous. So I just sat there until, like, I fell off the stool, and then security would ask me. Oh, that old Same thing, kind of. Yeah. Just to get their attention. Yeah. That's why I did it. Yeah. Makes sense, right? You know, then they're like, oh, we got to check on him. Yeah. It's like the kid that... uh, pretended to be drowning so the lifeguard would come down and give him mouth to mouth oh sandlot. Yeah. yeah in that movie um, yeah sandlot, sandlot. wasn't yeah, it sandlot yes yeah, think so yeah it's a good movie man it's a good movie so let me so let's get you guys' jobs clear so you're a rider yep i'm a rider and you're one of the best riders yep in the 2017 and 2019 i won it right the world title and who won 2018 uh kaiki pacheco oh god it wasn't my year <laughs> it wasn't none. no i got my ass kicked Really? Yeah. And do you credit anything to like uh like what cost you it or do you think it was just a bad bull? What was the cost? Um shoot we they talk about it all the time, world champion hangover. Kinda just yeah. I didn't go into the season as pinpointed as I should have and then second Were you half of the season. in the off season we riding other animals and I, shit. I, I didn't <laughs> ride no other animals, but uh, I did go partying. Yeah. You got to. I, I I was celebrated. Yeah. I was a twenty year old kid. Went and hung out at my buddy's college for a bit and hung out and had fun and then uh pre marriage. Yeah, this was pre marriage. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah but I can talk about there. this. Yeah. Um <laughs> and he's yeah. talking Christian fun. He's talking water slides. Yeah. He's talking, yeah, balloons, yeah, yeah, party exactly. flash, yeah, roller coasters. Yeah. 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 Movies, just you know, good kids. It's fun. sad, but that's actually kind of true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not much of a partier. No, I'm not too hard. So 2019, it was a was that like a comeback time for you? Did you feel like? Yeah, after that 2018 season, I was pretty pissed off, and I had a chip on my shoulder going into the new season. And had to prove something, so it was it was a good season. Jess, Aguilar, thanks for being here today. Your job with it's totally different, right? I just talk for a living. Yeah, it's not hard. So how does it go when um, you get to the arena? When you get to the actual event? So I mean, it's just like anything else. Like like when you start putting your stand up together. Like we'll start putting notes together about these guys. I'll talk about you know if he broke his collarbone or whatever storylines, statistics. We've got to know, know the Bulls. Got to know all the guys and be able to kind of tell that story to somebody that's never seen it before. Yeah, and find a way to make it interesting to them like that's i i put pressure on myself to bring in brand new fans that have no idea what the hell's going on and make them leave going holy shit i'm invested in this guy or this bull or i just love the sport it's one so, of the fastest growing sports in america yeah yeah why yeah. is that you think man i think it's like i think the intensity of it like and the respect for what these guys do because it's literally the only sport in the world that a guy can lose his life practicing i mean because they they practice on real live bulls and when you're putting that much on the line every single time like it's not like you show up and half-ass a game like these guys got to show up and and give it a thousand percent every time so how could you not be invested in something like that yeah yeah you can't get up yeah. you can't spray paint a sheep and lie to the audience and get out there and take it easy <laughs> one ride and if you don't stay on you don't get paid that's another thing a lot of guys have contracts salaries you buck off and you go on a streak where you fall off a lot you're probably either getting kicked off the tour and not paid or you're losing sponsors all sorts of stuff so uh nobody's sitting in a control room punching a button telling them that hey this bull's gonna turn left right giving them a little the old astros 
turn yeah. to the left or anything like that. Yeah, you don't get to Omaha, no. Omaha when you're up on the pole. <laughs> no, no, right. You yeah. Yeah, you know, there's no time yeah. out. Hey, stop. This ain't comfortable. It's uh, it's when you're going, you're you're in for it. So the size of these bulls, what is it? Like, what are we talking? I'd say an average one's 16, 1700, but shit, there will be ones up to 2,200 pounds. Damn. There are some big bastards out there. And you don't get to meet them before? You don't get to, like, say anything to them? Hey, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you can, but most of the time they don't care about your opinion. They want to get in there, buck you off, go back to their feeding their cows. And why do they hate having something on their back? They just don't like it? It's just, it's bred into them at this point. Uh, you know, back in the day, it was kind of hit and miss. Bulls would buck hard, bulls wouldn't. But nowadays, they're bred to do this, and uh, they know their job, so... It's to get you off as soon as they can and go back to the back pens. And as if you're like, so the different rounds, you guys get into a bull riding event, right? So you start, there's how many competitors are going to be in an event? How does it, how does the event go throughout the evening or throughout So it's the- like, it starts with 35. Every, every weekend, the best 35 guys in the world show up. Mm-hmm. And typically on like a two day weekend, uh, all 35 will get on two bulls they'll get on a bull like friday night and then another bull on saturday night and then the top 15 guys after those two rounds will get on a third bull they're like the best bulls in the world so you know it's like you're playing in the major leagues and then you got to step it up a notch in that final 15 and those are the guys that really get paid that's how you win so that's when you get that money round on sunday oh yeah that's championship round you go and leading that sucker pick a good bull do your job you're most likely going to win it and did you ever bull rod man i tried it one time Wow. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I enrolled in the same college three times. That's no bullshit. I've done some stupid stuff, but I, I tried it, man. I, because like I was so invested in what the guys were doing, and I was I was friends with all of them. I had so much respect for them. I was like, I can't get up there and talk about it and not know what it feels like. Amen. Yeah. And I still don't know what it feels like because it knocked me smooth the hell out. I had no idea what happened. But really, yeah, it was dumb. It was so dumb. And I got on a bull that like legit couldn't have jumped over that cup. It was so yeah. bad, man. That was the worst bull attempter ever. Wow. It sucked. And so you get into the event, you get on top of the bull, you're in the, it's a pen, what do they call it? Buck and shoot. A buck and shoot, in the shoot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, once you sit on it, do they let, like, how long do you get to be on it before that gate opens? So you're, you just kind of go through the motions, your routine, but once the judge they got a judge sitting up on top of there and once he feels like you're taking too long he'll put you on a clock and you got 30 seconds and regardless if that bull's going crazy in there you got 30 seconds so it's best to get in there and go as fast as you possibly can which we want to because it's sometimes more dangerous in that steel metal chute than it is out in the arena so can you do you make that call when you're in there do you say hey i'm ready now does do you have a coach that's right there that says hey look this is the time is right now let's open the gate now how does that work nope you kind of like i said go through your routine and then once you're ready you slide up on him and you nod your head or you can just tell him like okay open the gate but most of us nod our head like that whenever you feel you're ready and is there, can you, because the only thing I could equate it to is being, you know, a non-rider. I mean, I have a Jeep Grand Cherokee, but that's about as wild <laughs> as I get. So the only thing I could equate it to is being on like a, I would think being on like a, a thing at an amusement park or something. Does it have that kind of feel like when you're getting to the top and you, you know, you're about to, you know, Just go drops down. out yeah, from underneath drop, you. Is it oh, yeah. Like that? It's when that roller coaster is climbing and you can feel your body kind of start to get that adrenaline going. It's like, oh shit, it's coming, it's coming. That's what it's like when you're in the shoot doing your routine, and then when you get up and nod, it's kind of after when you nod, it's like when that roller coaster drop, it just goes black. 
Man. You know what you're doing, but it's all reaction. You don't have time to think. You don't have time to do anything. It's just hold on for dear life. Is there a place where your head goes? I can imagine if you start to get too mental about it, then you, you're probably going to it's going to be a loss like i can imagine you have to stay in like a flow almost oh yeah if you're if you're in the shoot and you're thinking all right i know this bull he's going to turn out of here and go left if you start thinking that when you're in the shoot you screwed yourself because that bull has a mind of its own you make a move right out of there to go left he's going to go straight or he's going to go the opposite way just to dump you damn is there a feeling you get sometimes when you're on it like man this thing is not it's not a good day for this when it's that time of the month for this when it's (laughs) Is there anything you get? This one's had a tough week or something. Do you get any of that? Is there any vibe coming off of the bull or not really? Not really. When you when he rolls into that shoot, usually you can tell kind of you can get a little vibe off of him, not by feel, just by looking at him. If he's kind of droopy eared or if he looks real skinny, the normal, you can kind of tell. Well, he doesn't look like he's gonna have his day. But then they can surprise you and they can buck your ass off quick. Damn, that's what's funny about it because you see guys that like, like me. I always try to match them up, and I'm like, okay, he's definitely gonna ride that one. He's definitely gonna ride that one. That one's gonna be tough for him. And then you see somebody get on one that should be a quote unquote gimme, yeah. and they slam their ass in like less than a second. And it, it, it's unreal, man. Have you ever seen one? Yeah, you ever, you've I've been watched to one? a bunch. I've watched okay. them. I've never been. I might go Saturday. Sweet. Yeah, yeah so I'm actually get really there. looking forward to going Saturday. So I want to get different the whole, in person. Yeah, so much different. Man. I want to get that ambiance. We got you. I have a brother-in-law that did a lot of the rode Broncos for a while. Yeah, or rode yeah. the horses, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, bucking horses. And did you start with that? Um, so we grew up on a ranch, and that's kind of the first thing you get on as a kid is horses because we have cattle. The cattle need to be worked, moved to different pastures. So I started out on a little tiny mini pony, yeah. and Dad would. I wouldn't have my own reins, how you control them. Dad would just take them and tie them to his saddle, and away we'd go. I'd just hold on when I was two, three years old. Damn. Yep. A lot of guys start on sheep. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, a lot of, a lot of guys is will start that on sheep. Man or what that, is that's what that's, it, it sounds like, it, right? <laughs> but like little kids riding sheep, you know? Just, Dude, I'd pay $70 to watch a beautiful <laughs> game man on a, on, a, on a hardcore sheep. <laughs> 70 65 I mean, yeah, I go 60. Yeah, I go 80, man, if it's Sunday. <laughs> Only if it's Sunday. Yeah, it makes if, sense. If it's that final fifth, it's the Lord's Day. Oh, dude, yeah. We have a question that came in right here from somebody. Let's get to it here. Hey, Jess. Hey, Theo. Uh, Drew from Central Indiana here. Um, I grew up idolizing bull riders in the early and mid-90s, guys like Tuff Edeman, uh, Cody Lambert, Lane Frost, Ty Murray, you know, all the guys from the 8 Seconds movie. Um, questions for you, Jess. I got a three-parter here. Uh, Bodacious is obviously one of the most famous bulls ever on the circuit. Just curious if there's a bull today that you think compares to him. Um, secondly, follow-up with that is, is there a favorite bull name that you have that you've come across over the years and uh thirdly my question is does stature uh become a factor in bull riding or is it just the size of the cojones that you have um good luck this year on the circuit man defend that strap go get them gang 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 bro that's a good question (laughs) that's a good question man yeah that guy nailed it yeah, he's into it, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, he, that the uh, Ty uh, Murray is that the guy? Yep. Yeah, I, that's the only bull rider that I'd ever heard of, and I think I heard really? him in country songs actually. 
I heard him reference in a couple of songs. But see, maybe. that's like me. Like I like I grew up idolizing those guys and knew I didn't have the cojones to be one of them. Right. So it was like, how do how do I stay involved? Well, I talk about them. Yeah. You know. My, but that's great though, and I love the way you say you want to introduce people to it yeah. because yeah, if I'm for the first time, it's almost yep. like even on this podcast, like I want our listeners to know right. what it's like, you know, and what's going on. Uh, what do you think about his question there? They were good. Uh, what did he ask about Bodacious right at first? A bull comparison? Like a bull, like right now, yeah. Shoot, uh, Smooth Operator and Heartbreak Kid, those are the top two bulls in the world right now. But uh, a bull that kind of reminds me of Bodacious is a bull called High Chaparral, and that's a bull that nobody wants to get on. Like, Bodacious back in the day, he was notorious for hitting guys in the face, and I can't imagine when you drew him, you were happy about it. It's kind of like this bull. He's just kind of gross. He's huge. He's about 2,100 pounds, and he's just... When you see your name by him or you see you got him, you're just like, fuck me. <laughs> just a big, scary monster. He's yeah. a bad boy, huh? Yeah. yeah. And do they breed him? Like, do you know who their parents are? Do you get the lineage on them or anything like that? Yeah, they have a, they have a, I guess, a website and paperwork on them and all sorts of things. You can see their granddaddy, their great, great granddaddy. They blood test them. They DNA test these bulls so yeah. to, to make sure this because is all high chaparral. If wow. somebody's trying to sell you a son of bodacious, you want to be able to DNA test it and make sure that you can go back and actually confirm that that really is a son of that bull or whatever. So, look at that thing, man, and that's dude, he's you, miserable. Look at the thighs on that thing. It reminds me of this girl I went to school with, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. This girl named Jessica. She brought a lasso to school every day. Really? Yeah, yeah. And Sadie Hawkins. Like, what bro, grade she was this? Broke somebody up, dude. Great. If it was time for a dance, bro, you didn't have a chance. Yeah. That's right. You wasn't asking her. It was a country was girl. Your, oh, she'd bring you right in, and that was <laughs> it, dude. Sometimes it's got to be that way, though. Oh yeah. Because I was shy. Like yeah. I looked for oh, girls yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. I'd be in the corner, like at the wall, while everybody else was dancing, like oh, just yeah. hoping she would show up. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, I'm the only guy here by myself. So why not? Oh, dude, you talking to a guy? I used to go eight <laughs> seconds on the chaperone, man. If I didn't have it, if, it, if no girls asked me. Hey, man. girl, how you doing? Oh, sorry. sorry are there so are there rumors of bulls that are out there that are coming up that you're like, oh man, that's the next big, you know? Yeah, there's. Uh, they have a competition for little bulls. They put a a dummy on them. It's like a thirty pound dummy, and they can click it off with a button, and they let those bulls buck, and uh, they mark them, and they have their own competitions. So you see a lot coming up from there. And those are bucking dudes, man. Damn. They are when they're that young, that little, and have that much uh, athletic ability to them. They're freaking incredible. So it sounds like there's a lot of respect for the animal, huh? Oh yeah. If we didn't have those bulls, we wouldn't have a job. Yeah. What would we ride sheep on Sundays? Yeah, that'd be a little bit. I mean, I'd watch it, but you know, gosh, eighty bucks, yeah, dude. They'd have, imagine the big sheep people would start grooming. <laughs> yeah. Sheep breeding would be a big deal nowadays if that was the case. Hooking huh? horns on them, putting Viking helmets, tying them to their head. You got to paint them different colors, <laughs> yeah. put numbers on them like yeah. race cars. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Oh, that Tony Stewart sheep. Oh. That thing's dangerous. Smoke. Dude. Yeah, smoke. Smoke has got kind of a gray color to it. That thing will kill you, bro. That's a bad ram. That's a bad ram That's right a there. Bad ram. Um, so you're in there. Now, what do you do with your hand? A lot of time I see the guys have tied. Do you tie your hand in or what goes on there? Yeah, it's a rope and it's pretty much tree sap we put on the rope to help us hang on to them. Okay, so you're not tied really. Yeah, we're tied in there and it's. I mean, that's the scariest thing is that you are tied in there and you are in there for the long haul. Damn. It's uh, it's a rope. It just goes around kind of their brisket area and you put it across your hand and then you wrap it around your hand. So you're like locked in there. And uh, and your legs are what? You're, they're in? They're in shaps, but those shaps really do nothing for you. They might protect you from a little skiff, 
but they're just there for show, really. But they're loose. They're not strapped to anything. Okay, they're so loose so that they can move. No, the no, they got to be able to move their legs. That the only thing you're tied in with is your hands. So the rest of your body's free to move, and that's when you see guys they're hanging by their hand once they get bucked off is a hang up we call it. Oh, and that's bad news, bears. Yeah, that huh? ain't good at all. And is there a type of body type? Sometimes I look at these guys' body types when they're on the bull, and it's like, okay, that guy looks like, uh, you know, everything like he's his height. Like, the, is there a body type that does best in, in the sport? Yeah, uh, shorter yards a little better. You want to be skinny, but you want to be as strong possible as you can be. And then uh, that's pretty much it, really. You don't want to be overweight, and you don't want to be too tall. It makes it tougher. Yeah. See, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm overweight. <laughs> yeah. Can't do it. I I waited out of the deal. That was my problem. So when a guy like say Jess gets on a bull, what are yeah. some things that you're talking about, like from the announcer? Honestly, seat? like for him, it's pretty simple. You know, I, here's a two time world champ. Uh, like last year when he when he came back, because that's what people don't realize is like this is a guy that missed what nine events last year, nine out of our twenty six, twenty seven events that we have. Uh, so he misses essentially, you know, a big chunk of the season broke his collarbone when he comes back you know he's got to fight his way back up so he's climbing the ranks and it's like okay this guy won two events he's now won three events you know he missed all this season so when we got to the world finals in vegas man it was it was the best race ever because it was him and a a brazilian kid jose and uh, it literally came down to the last day it came down to sunday which you know a lot of sports will fabricate that you know oh it's going to be tough it's going to come down to the final shot and we know it's not because somebody's going to pull away. That didn't happen last year, so it was such a fun story to tell. But, like, we talk about some of the injuries that they've dealt with, you know, how good they've done. Um, everybody's got a different story. You know, like if a guy just had a baby two weeks ago, he's had to leave home. Right. You know, he's had to leave that baby at home, get on the road, go put his life on the line to buy diapers for that baby. Damn. There's no guaranteed contracts in this sport. It's, oh, it's wow. so different than everything else, man, because, you know, these guys, they have to be successful. They have to ride. They have to win to make any money. It's so different than every other sport in the world. So there's no like, oh, we're going to pay you for this whole season no matter what. Nope. If you, if you do good enough, you'll get sponsors that'll pay you. But that contract's based on your performance at the events and how many you go to. So if you get hurt the first event of the year and you're out for the year, there's in the contract there's a little money you'll get, but you're not getting paid. You sure. got to show up. That's why, like, when you see a guy, he and he's riding with a broken leg, you know, or he's got a broken collarbone and just gonna throw some tape on that shit and go try it again, like. They do it because that's the only way they get paid. Wow. They're the toughest in the world, man. And a, a collarbone sounds like, is that one of the premier injuries? Is that something you really don't want to get? Like, what's what are some of the injuries that are that you'll face, and what are some that can really take you out? You know, of course, broken bones, but groins a lot of the time. Old bull riders and bull riders nowadays, it, it's so common. Uh, torn groins, torn knees. Stuff like that really sucks because you can't just go in and with a broken leg, you could plate it and you could probably ride in two weeks. But torn groin, I've sat out three months before with the torn groin, just waiting on it to heal because you can't squeeze your bull if you don't got a torn groin and that's your bread and butter right there. So that's what you're doing. So when you're on there, you're squeezing your legs in. Oh, yeah. You're trying to stay on. You've got your hand locked in down tight into your crotch. It's yeah, you slide up so it's right, right there. You're kind of up on your legs right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Damn. Crazy. We got a question that came in right here. Let's get to this one right here. He actually answered it. Was uh, what was his uh, worst injury? So it's the groin. Yep. Oh uh, no, uh, that's probably that's about the longest I've stayed out. But in twenty groins are pretty common. 
2017 at New York, I got stepped on. I broke four ribs, collapsed my lung, and lacerated my liver. Jesus. And it was about three weeks out from World Finals, so I had to ride at the World Finals that year with uh, with broke ribs and that stuff. So you know what I, I just, just realized? Like both of your World Title seasons were like when you got really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. Now I no knock on wood. I don't. <laughs> This is well. Real, I have yet wood. in all my. It's a nice table. Thank you, man. Really yeah, we nice got it table, done, right? I like I've done it. I'm nice. I love this place. In my four years yeah. of the PBR, I've never won a full season healthy, which is expected as a bull rider. But there's guys that'll go to. They might miss one event a year, but over the course course of four years, they one of the other broadcasters on CBS that does PBR. He uh, totaled it up, and I've missed a total of one year. Damn. I've sat out three months my first year. Three, four months my next year, uh, three months in 2018, and three months last year. Damn. All sorts of. So it's so it's pretty. Com- is it pretty common that someone doesn't make it through the entire season, doesn't make every race? Man, you're hard-pressed to find somebody that's going to stay healthy and make it to every single event because, it is, I mean, it's just you're, you're the little things. Like he was talking about in, in a shoot, you're surrounded by solid steel, and you're, you're getting banged around. ACLs, MCLs are pretty common. Groins are pretty common. Um, and when you're doing this, three four five times a weekend every single weekend even when the televised tour is not on like when they're not going to a place like la or anaheim they're going somewhere and they're getting on practice bulls you get hurt in a practice pen too so i don't know i i think it's impossible for a guy to stay 100 percent healthy all year long is there a practice that they've made like a mechanical practice that's that's actually helpful that works yeah there's mechanical barrels that go up and down kind of give you the feeling of one there's mechanical bulls that spin all that sorts of stuff um i don't usually ride the mechanical ones there's a barrel made that's on springs that goes up and down to kind of give you the rhythm feeling i got one of those at both my places and uh i'll get on that a couple times during the week just to give myself the feel and kind of do that and what uh we got a question that came right here let's get to this one right here yes what up theo my question for jess is what kind of training regimen do you have to follow to be a bull rider are you out at bars riding mechanical bulls or are you lifting <laughs> weights every day gang gang that's yeah, got bro. great hair. question great hair yeah it does have yeah, good yeah, hair yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what is it man what do you guys what do you do uh i just kind of work out there's there's guys that can drink beer during the week and not work out at all, and it works for them. What So many guys, different things work for them, but what works for me is I got a little sweatshop. It's a 12 by 20 building. I got one in Montana and one in Texas at our places, and uh, I get in there, crank that sucker up to 110 degrees, get in there and lift weights, work out. and So I'm grinding all week long to come here. There's one guy that that works for. It don't work for anybody else. When you think about it, there's one guy that can get away with with drinking and and not working out. Like everybody else is pretty regimented right now. Two two all together. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe two two all time. And has it changed a lot? Because in stand up comedy, like it used to be that you had to have you had to be out doing drugs, you had to be partying, right. you had right. there was a lifestyle that kind of went yeah. associated with yeah. getting up on the stage at night. And now it's changed. Like a lot of the comedians now are sober. A lot of them. Yep. I mean, Joe Rogan is a fitness guru. I mean, he's shredded. Yeah, he's shredded. Same with his shirt oh, off the I, other day. Dude, I'd love to see you do four seconds on Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh my God, man. That dude's a monster. Yeah. He's I, a beast. I wonder if anybody would ever have a bull named Joe Rogan, bro. That would be amazing. We'll make that. it happen. We'll yeah. make it happen. Just J-O-R-O-G-A-N. Just Tell me it. he's cool. Oh, he's really cool, right. man. He's, right. he's just, he's also inspiring. That's the yep. thing. Like, 
I think five years ago, people thought a lot of people thought, oh, he's just this meathead guy who's yeah. just, you yeah. know, doing a podcast. But he's such a good, he remembers everything yeah. and he's so curious, man. Like he always, he really wants to know. Yeah. And then he retains the information. He's so, he's so intelligent. And I love the yeah. fact that like he does the podcast and he doesn't care who's on there. Uh, he doesn't care if you're Democrat, Republican, where you come from. Yeah. Like he, he's invested. Um, yeah, he is. And he really is. It's not like, like that's a cool. joke with him. Yeah. He really is just trying to Genuine. learn. Yeah. Genuine. He's really trying to learn, which is cool. Like I, I struggle with a lot of times I'll bring my own thoughts and perspectives yep. into things but he yeah. really does a good job of uh of just staying trying to learn yeah that's cool um so is it is it different now though like where a lot of guys are working out more it's a lot more like okay we're in this this is a sport we're in this to make money this is my livelihood it's not like you know i'm drinking i'm sad at the bar like you know the kind of the country song vibe that used to go along with it yeah today's bull riders are a lot of athletes back in the day PBR used to be sponsored by Bud Light, and they'd bring Bud Light in after the bull ridings, and everyone just kind of would drink and just hang out. Not very many people worked out, and they loved going to the bars. Not that we don't still, but back in the day, it was kind of just a routine and ritual. After the bull riding, everyone goes to the bars. We have fun. Ride bulls the next day. Dude, I've been around for like a dozen years or so, and, and the two, probably seen it change, the two huh? generations I've seen, it's, it's night and day different. When I first came in, it was like, Man, how do you keep up with these guys? Because it was the Wild West. And those guys, <laughs> yeah. they'll tell stories yeah, now. Yeah. And like you say, most of those guys are sober now. And they're like, holy crap, how did we live through that? <laughs> now it's like you see the guys and you know they're, they're waking up in the morning. They're having breakfast. They're going to the gym. They're doing yoga and, and whatever they do during the day. And then they're showing up and they're treating it like a sport because they've realized the, the bulls are getting better. Yeah. The bulls are getting better and better and more athletic. And so they have to. They have to step their game up. You know, is it hard though? Because sometimes it's tough as a comedian to let go of that old lifestyle. Yeah. It's tough. Like I'll feel like a wimp sometimes. You know, in, yeah. a, in in like a psychological way sometimes. Like, oh, I'm you know I'm so because you're not hanging out with the guys afterwards. Yeah, because I'm not like staying that. up all night yeah. and yeah, smoking, yep. just partying all yep. night. You know. Oh it, yeah, like I would love to just. I would love if I could be as successful as I am with not working out at all, drinking beer, just eating shit food. Because yeah. I love candy and stuff, but I. I hold my back self back from eating it all because it ain't gonna help with my riding. So. Wouldn't everybody though? Like like everybody wants yeah. to be successful and not work and, I mean, and like oh, just I get float on that bowl with a mouthful of nerds, bro. Right. You know, <laughs> I put two Starbursts nerds. in my jaw and get on that bastard, dude. Yeah. Well, gobstoppers, oh, gobstoppers yeah, back in the gobstoppers day. Gobstoppers is more of a kids ride don't know candy. about gobstoppers, man. Dude, when you got on a gobstopper, dude, and you really went in on that bastard, and the you ones that changed <laughs> like flavor halfway through, oh, yeah. Good old days. God damn, it was like a threesome for your tongue. Ah, oh, like <laughs> everything. Yeah. It was. Did uh, how much? How much money does a rider make? You know, you don't have to exaggerate it. I'm not trying to pick into your life, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's just it's so different. Those lower end riders, um, if you're at the bottom of the top 35, you're still making 100, 200 thousand a year just because there's so much money in the PBR. Whereas if you win the world title, it's a million dollar bonus. Wow, and winning the world finals it's a three hundred thousand dollar bonus there's so many incentives and uh, with winning an event winning the world finals everything that uh if you have a really good year you can make 1.8 million Damn. see that's where i get mad because they start talking about you know the the, the world champ gets a million dollar bonus 
there's a guy sitting on the bench for the Knicks that sucks that's making a million dollars. And these guys are way tougher, way better. You know, I think the sport's way more interesting. You know, it's way more intense. And, like, that bothers me. I want all these guys to make millions. And Is so, it growing, though? Money's got to yeah. – more money's got to start yeah. coming into yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah it's all about getting new eyeballs. Yeah. More eyeballs. Um, is there another country that's coming along with bull riding that's like that pe- you don't you don't think about you know you think of it as I mean especially growing up in America yeah. you think of it as an American kind of sport is that true is that no shoot we got Canada Australia Brazil Mexico everyone has the PBR association there and they ride in it but the toughest ones are the Brazilians they're yeah. unbelievable they have to man it's their life like mm-hmm. they leave everything you know you think about it Brazil's not a really uh, they're not a really rich country, yeah. you know, and a lot of these guys have grown up with nothing. And so they leave home, they come over here and it's like, this is all they do. So you'll see a bunch of Brazilians living in the same little circle. They get up, they work out, they practice, they, they eat together. They do everything together. They don't have all the distractions of the rest of the world that, you know, like just seeing our families and everything that, that we do normally. Oh yeah. They, they can't don't do have that. it. So they're laser focused. They're so good, man. There's something. There's a. There's a special value in having that struggle and having that extra chip that you can't. <clears throat> you can't imitate it. Like even as I find, as I get a little more comfortable, like started making some money this past year, mm-hmm. it's hard to go back to. The, it's hard to get that same mentality of when you have nothing. Yeah. When everything is on the line, you know, when you have to stay. Like it's like a chip inside of yourself that you can't. I mean, it's hard to replicate it. Yeah. You yeah, know? I think it's that way with anything, though. Like, like once you see a certain level, like even day to day, like if I have a really good Monday, yeah. I don't want Tuesday to suck, you know, because <laughs> then I feel like the week's wasted. So it's like you got to maintain this level. That's why they always say, like, you know, people that, that are superstars are usually the loneliest people because they push themselves to this level, and it's so hard to come back down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I see that with these guys. Like, they're constantly pushing themselves, and if they buck off one bull, it, it like, ruins their week. Damn. And, and they got to forget about it and turn around because they got to do it again tomorrow. If you have a shitty ride in the first ride, right? So Friday you don't yeah. have a good ride. Do they call it a ride? What do they call yep. it? Yep, okay. ride. You have a tough ride at the first the first go. Do you have a chance in that Saturday to, to, to make it back up and to get into Sunday? Yep. Uh, so this event's a little different from normal. Uh, they take the top 25 into the day two. So if you're outside of the top 25 and you buck off, your weekend's done. Whereas I'm second right now, and I'm almost guaranteed to ride tomorrow. But on a regular weekend, you're guaranteed to. So if you suck Friday, you better forget that shit and just push it aside because you got another one Saturday and you got to make the most of it. And what does it do to your mentality if you have a tough Friday? Does it affect it or are you able to kind of scrap it and just get right in? That's the thing. It's everyone. It's 90% mental in bull riding. You can put in all that work and it's not going to matter if you get to the bull riding and you see your bull. You're like, oh man, I don't like the looks of him. Then you're screwed. You just got to be positive about everything. Even if you buck off, you got to be like, well, I got tomorrow. I got a good bull. Even if he's not good, I'm going to make him good, and I'm going to stay on him. Sorry to interrupt this episode. One of my favorite episodes, actually. Um, I want to let you know that support for this past weekend comes from, you know, Manscaped. Manscaped, they are number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Everything below your belt, it's a real, it can be a risky area. Sometimes you got something down there, and sometimes you... You don't know what's going on. You got so much overgrowth and everything. The neighbors are complaining. You know, your uh, monkey grass is, is, is infecting their uh, Bermuda front. But things can change. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools 
for your family jewels. My experience with Manscaped has been good. I'm able to trim up my, my crotch. I'm able to trim up my shoulders, my hips even. I get those thigh burns on my hips. I get that hair on my hips. Look like I have two big hair guns. Two big hair guns on my hips. Like I'm um like I'm a kind of you know kind of a wild western guy shooting hair. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 2.0. We would love for you to support the podcast, you know. We need uh we need your support. And this is a great product to do it with. Inside the perfect package, you'll find the electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. It has waterproof and skin-safe technology, so you don't have to nick your bag. You know, every now and then you see somebody in their gonads is all jacked up because they was down there with a pair of school scissors. Don't live like that. The Perfect Package 2.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your crotch and sticking balls cool and smelling well. And right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEO, T-H-E-O, at manscaped.com. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code T-H-E-O at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code THEO. Support the podcast. Now, back to your show. When you, when the shoot, when they open the gate, this zen is hitting me, man. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, dude. I remember the first time I ever did uh, chewing tobacco. It was like cherry skull or something. Yeah. And I did like a half a can. I was trying to show my buddy up, right? And I didn't know anything about it, dude. And I had like a whole mouth was full of it. How old were you? Uh, I was probably about 14. Really? And my buddies took his mom's car. We were going out. We were partying. Yeah. You know, we weren't really. We were just driving around. But um, And I vomited out of the front window, <laughs> out of the passenger side. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you can't sit up there anymore, bro. You got to sit in the back. I vomited out of both of the back windows. Ugh. Yeah. And so on the side of the car, we went and we hung out at night, and then we went and parked the car in the morning. His mom thought he'd been partying with the whole group of people because there's vomit out <laughs> oh. of every window. <laughs> I, and they didn't believe it. He's like, <laughs> it was just, no, it's just Theo, man. He just, uh, he wasn't doing real well, you I know? I got my first tobacco. But his mom still doesn't believe to this day. She's like, there's no way one child vomited out of three windows. <laughs> my gotta. first tobacco, I was two. Uh, my dad Damn. left it laying there, and I thought it would be a good idea to just put it in my mouth take a drink whatever it was not a good idea puked came out both ends dad took me outside garden hosed me off yeah ran around naked the rest of the day yeah, it's a pretty dude. successful day <laughs> mom still hates him it's fine were you two or 22 yeah let's be honest, anyways <laughs> two in college young, bro. <laughs> it was in college when you leave the shoot right what do you look at what do you look are you looking like is your because sometimes they say, like, if you're in the gym and you're doing squats, they say, look at the ceiling or something. You know, there's, like, yep. a place for your focus. What is it like? Yeah, stare at their neck muscle, that big hump they got on them. Mm -hmm. You pretty much stare at that because their shoulders is what you follow. If you look at their head, their stumbles sling their head everywhere. So if you get too focused on that, you're you're going to go cross-eyed during the damn ride. So damn. if you look at their shoulders, you and you don't even really go off of what you see. It's all feel, but that's the best focus point. Just looking at their shoulders. Yep, so you stay right shoulders. down in there. Yep, it's pretty much just you don't even know what's going on, but that's where you look. And at a certain point, can you hear the crowd? Can you hear when it's going good? I just I don't hear much when I'm riding. You know, it, it's kind of and you want to say you hear the whistle, but you dang near don't even hear that. And it's just become routine that when it gets around to that eight second clock, you know it's time to get off. And at eight seconds, uh, 
what happens in a buzzer sounds a whistle what goes on buzzer sounds in the arena and then uh then it's your job to get off them without getting killed so it uh it, it almost gets harder then that's crazy because yeah you yeah. think like you just did your job and it's like <laughs> okay good job no but you still got to get off get away not get hooked ran over the but, worst part of the job is before and after you get to work yeah for man. these guys well, we're lucky. Like we've got bullfighters out there that are there to try to distract the bull, and make sure they get away. But it's not always that easy. What's the pop? What's the way to dismount? So, what, how do you do that? What you pretty much, if you whatever hand you ride with, you go away from it, and uh, you, well, you go into it. I guess you go towards it, and uh, you kind of wait for that bull to kick, and you kind of lean back and throw your leg over his back at the same time, and kind of let him throw you out there. And ideally, you land on your feet, but it's kind of rare if you land on your feet. Really, damn. And the second you hit the ground, you're scurrying off. Yeah, a lot of times you see that just kind of rat. <laughs> yeah. fast, get the fast hell out of there. Crawl. Yeah, move. Damn. Yeah. That's wild. And so when the bull stepped on, you got stepped on last year, you said? Uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah, I got stepped on. And it, I mean, of course, it took my breath away. And it was like, oh, shit. Did you and, know what had happened? Oh, yeah. Right when it happened, I was like, oh, fuck. I just broke everything in there. And that's the scariest part getting stepped on is you don't know if it just punctured something. What? That's the scariest damn thing. And uh, I rolled over, and that bull was right there, and that bullfighter went in and took his, took him away. But then I had to get up and run oh. out of the arena, essentially, with four broke ribs, collapsed lung, and lacerated liver. Damn. So it's, if you lay in there, you're screwed. You, if you got a broke leg, you got to get the hell out of there. It is the most common thing when they when they step on you. Is it usually, uh, I guess you don't know where they're going to step. Is no. Yep. It's usually broke ribs. Yeah. Broke ribs, you can guarantee every time you get stepped on pretty much. Damn. God dang! It's wild. I don't see NFL yeah, guys can... running around with <laughs> yeah, busted spleens. You don't see you don't see it anywhere else. And I think that that's kind of the the intrigue. Like I said, you know that brings new people in. That's why it's the fastest growing sport because you don't see that. You don't see guys getting carted off. in In our arena, rarely do you see a stretcher because the guys want to walk out. Yeah. If if they've got busted ribs, they've got a busted spleen. Like they still want to walk out. They don't yeah. want help. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I don't know if that's an old school kind of sign of weakness or if it's just hurry up because we got to keep the show going or what it is, but it's crazy. I've seen guys get up and walk out with broken necks, like Damn. insane, insane injuries. And probably that adrenaline's rushing yeah. in you so much yeah. too still, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only time I've been carted off, I got knocked out actually. And uh, when I came to, I, I really didn't come to until I got me back to the sports med room, but I guess I woke up out in the arena and when I hit the ground, he kind of, he bent me weird. So I woke up out in the arena and I didn't know what the hell I was saying, but I was saying, oh, my fucking back hurts. And they're like, what? Where? And I'm like, I don't know. I was just, I didn't know what the hell I was saying because I was still knocked out essentially. And they're like, oh God, well, we got to cart him out. His back might be broke. And then they get me in the sports med room and I really come to, and I'm like, what the fuck am i doing on a stretcher they're like well you said your your back hurt yeah. i was like fuck i don't know what i was saying I, I just now realize what's really going on so that's the only time i've been carted away because essentially i was just speaking mumbo jumbo because i was still out oh, it's imagine. like being drunk you can't hold me accountable yeah you know when you've been stepped on yeah do they have two riders on one bull at the same time do they ever do that <laughs> i've seen it before yeah not at our events but when just you're dicking around in the practice pen anything goes and so is that like is that a sport you think that'll grow into something like is that a possible thing man i have, hope so <laughs> like a tag team kind of thing can you imagine 
Like uh, you just start putting teams together. <laughs> dude, my brother and I used to sit on the toilet at the same time. We were kids sometimes. Facing like, each other? No, no. Yeah, you couldn't. You no, couldn't back face to each back, other. dude. Have to go back to back. Yeah, right? come on, man. Have some respect. For <laughs> well, this, I mean, like, how, but like, where did like toilet's not that big? I know it's not that big, man. You gotta have good aim, dude. We used to go over to this kid Roy's house, and he would play all these games. He was kind of a now in hindsight, I think he was kind of a homoerotic kind of gentleman, right. you yeah. know, or he preferred men as lovers, you know, right. but. When we were kids, we didn't know. And right. he would make us get in his bathtub and like he would play Battleship or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he would get in his toilet and be like the captain from the really? toilet. Really? Yeah. Like hat and everything? Uh, no. Uh, he might have, I don't know if he had on like a captain's hat or something, but yeah. he would just get in there and bark orders at us. What'd you say his name was? Roy. Big don't Roy. you think like everybody has a Roy in their life at oh, some time yeah, though? <laughs> like somehow, some way, yeah. somewhere? Yeah, this dude, I, I mean, he, yeah, he would say, oh, the seas are getting high and stuff. And like we'd have to turn on the water and make it all like crazy. It was like, just dumb. You never had to like stick your face in the water and like blow bubbles, did you? Like pretend you're out, like the motorboat. No, it never okay. got. It never. Start the engine. Got that crazy. Yeah, it never escalated. But he'd right. be in the toilet just yelling stuff at yeah. us, dude. He was kind of a miscreant. So it was like yeah. he was the captain, and you were the the seaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we were. Man. <laughs> we were. Well, this is hard. <laughs> yeah, bless something, dude. He was a wildcat. He ended up going into the military, dude. Really? Yeah. So. He got in there, man. That's but. Cool. So now he's a legit captain. Yeah, now he is. Maybe. He wasn't joking. Maybe. He wasn't fucking around back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he had his mind set and he was going for like, it. You were basically <laughs> his little plastic green army, man. Yeah, he was just practicing for the real thing. Like You contributed. Dude, yeah, yeah. Basically, you were in the service. Yeah, dude. I mean, I were, like yeah. you helped prep him for a career. Yeah, That's yeah. good shit, man. Thank you for your service. Yeah, I never yeah. thought about it like that. Because, yeah, he really went into military, man. That's crazy. Uh, Holy shit, that's we did it. You that's really real did good, it. man. We got a question from a guy right here. Here we go. Yo, what up, Theo and Mr. Lockwood? Uh, it's your boy Blake from Nebraska. Um, my question is, what's the craziest shit y'all ever wrote? Um, Theo, you said you were from the the stray animal belt. <clears throat> I was wondering if you ever wrote anything, wrote anything crazy, you know? Um you know, not including big gals or anything like that, but oh, yeah. gang, gang. How high you think that guy is right now? Uh, he could be pretty high, man. He's pretty high. <laughs> he could be pretty high. Uh, let me think. Uh, what's what's you got? I mean, I guess it's a bull. Probably is the craziest thing. No, I got uh, so at home during the winter when I was still living up at home. Everyone around the place traps. You know, traps animals, coyotes for fur, foxes. Well, one day we go out in the pasture where we had a trap set, a foot trap, and uh, an antelope was stuck in it. We're like, oh, shit, now we got to get this thing out of there. And uh, so we get it out, and I'm like, fuck it, get your Snapchat out. I'm going to ride it up. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote, I let this antelope get up, and I wrote it off. No way. You know? And did it have the same kind of feel? Did it have the same kind of vibe or what was going on? No, it was freaking the hell out and it did, I mean, kind of sort of the same thing, but uh, a lot smaller than a bull. It, it was fun. Dude, we had a boy. I talked about this. We had a kid with no legs on our basketball team yeah. one time. So we had a big black guy named Terrence who was like our center on the team, and he had to carry him for like half the game. And then we'd carry him around and try to get him to get buckets, you know? So uh, that's about the craziest riding I've ever seen because he would kind of wear him on his back a little bit. <laughs> like sometimes. a backpack. Yeah, like if he had Basically. to play defense, yeah. he would hold both of his arms down. Yeah. And then he would just play defense with the other arm, you know? But uh, the craziest thing I've ever been on. Probably a strong woman one time in yeah. Indiana. Really? Yeah. 
because it gets cold and they like lift weights that she kind of had, strong? like some women have that they're kind of thick but they it's like it's kind of like strong fat kind yeah. of you know yeah <laughs> like the in between like power lifter strong yeah yeah like they don't look like big veiny muscles but like yeah they you know you yeah. can tell you don't want to fuck with them and the fat is kind of tight you know so yeah. you get that tight fat yeah. which i really like man because it's not really fat yeah like, it's not really it's, fat it's not like, really muscle yeah like, what is it it's like wagyu i think <laughs> yeah you which know? is good yeah which it's is really more, good. A, there's a reason it's more expensive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get it yeah this girl was really wagyu man and uh i remember that being one kind of the largest thing that i've ever mm. really kind of i guess ridden really i know? got on a camel one time at a county fair no bullshit swear yeah, um, <laughs> because they started doing it for a photo shoot we were doing a rodeo and they were like hey we got to get a picture of you on this camel <laughs> and i'm scared of heights and then the camel like started kind of just jumping and i've never been so scared in my life <laughs> never like i i flew on a and through a snowstorm on the way here and the plane started doing this wasn't as scary as being on the back of a camel that just started like popping up and down yeah, terrifying man like twerking, there's nowhere to go bro. can you imagine telling people you got bucked off a camel like that's the worst thing you could ever do in your life i could imagine in some countries it's uh it's happening man. it's probably like a like a pride thing yeah like you're not somebody until you get bucked off yeah by until a camel. you get bucked yeah. off a camel yeah are there new animals that people are starting to ride besides bulls is there anything else that's coming up like that you're seeing like in the in the world not really you know you just got your common bucking horses bucking bulls but uh that's that's it and is there a difference when you're on the bron- horses they call them broncos is that right yep so if you're on a bronco is there a big difference between that kind of riding and the bull riding it's definitely different you don't hang on by a rope you gotta you kind of got a ring uh, it's it's kind of connected to their face and it clips on it's like a like halter a that goes around them uh-huh. and you hold on by that and then you're in a saddle instead of a rope around them and you got to keep yourself in that saddle so it's a lot different is it tougher is one tougher than the other I'd I'd have to say bull riding just because you don't have a saddle that you can actually sit in and keep yourself in. You're just hanging on by that rope. So in the bull, you're sitting on their back. You're really it's not a saddle that you're sitting in. Nope, it's just a pretty much a twine rope just stuck around them, and your hands in it, and that's all you got to keep yourself on. So you're not so, but you're sitting. You're putting your legs into something on there, or no? Nope, just around their around their uh, back and their sides. That's it. Damn. Like there is nothing that is keeping you in there but your hand and your balance. And do people? Because you're a young guy. You're 22. You said 23. Yep. Do people? Uh, do older guys like? Do they get upset? Like, how does that kind of go? That you're. A, is it a young guy's sport? Yeah, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Like, you know, you've got to be able to to not only bounce back from injury, but you've got to be so quick. And, like, you see guys that have been around for 10 years or so, they start to get – those injuries start to pile up and it starts to slow them down, just like with anything else, you yeah. know. Like, you start to compound all those injuries, and, you know, your body doesn't react the way it used to. And so it's definitely a young guy's sport. You know, you hit – probably hit prime, what, like mid-20s? Yep, 25, you know? 26. If Damn. a guy's 30, he's an old man in, in this sport. And we got some. Like, we're lucky right now. We've got a couple of guys that are, like, 36, 37. Wow. I don't know how they do it. Brazilians. But, yeah. But they're, wow. just, they're different. They, they're they different, can, man. They are, They're man. so tough, and they stay in such great shape. It's different than any of us being 36, 37 riding bulls. Is there discrepancy between, like, the American and the Brazilian riders? Like, is there any, like, country beef a little bit or not really? Uh, no, no. We have one. the nicest guys ever. Yeah. We have one event. It's called the Global Cup, and we do it at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play. Um, wow. And there's – yeah, it's crazy, man. Think Next about weekend. That. 
Think about Dang, that. So you're going to be there next weekend. Yep. Yep. And that's it. you'll see it on the big screens when you're there and everything. Yep. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yep. They take the football field out. They put arena down there. And uh, every country has a team. And so that's the only time all year long that you'll see guys, like, really raising that Brazilian flag or the USA flag. Uh, it's pretty cool because I, I feel like, you know, like everybody wants something almost? to cheer for. Yeah, it is. It's our Olympics, you know, essentially. So Has it ever been an Olympic sport, bull riding? There, when was it back early yeah, thousands yeah. late 90s hadn't been too terribly long ago they had it uh, in like uh, idaho or something they had a olympic rodeo yeah i, I my dad idaho, told me all I think about you it just i just made that shit it. up no dead idaho. serious yeah i don't know yeah they gave olympic i do know that like like at one time they were they were testing it out and trying to make it but mm-hmm. i don't know man curling's an olympic sport why isn't bull riding <laughs> I watched curling the other night for about an hour. Right, dude. it's like uh, <laughs> hot. Chicks it's like cornhole from from uh, Italia, Italy. Really? Yeah. Man. Oh man, they they curl in Ita- like, in Italy. Damn. Really? Yeah. I thought it was like all Canadian. I do. They were. Uh, they might have been playing Canada, I think, at the time. But these girls, they were doing well. Really? I thought. I don't know what was going on, dude. <laughs> but it time seemed exciting. Late night. I got to clear my throat. I have so much fucking nicotine in my throat right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm feeling left out like I'm the only one not spitting here. Maybe I'll just spit in the floor. Damn, I just rode that six for about whoo, 35 minutes, man. We got a guy right here in a photo lab who has a question. <laughs> what? Hey, Theo and this bull rider. How many times this man listened to... That Tim McGraw hitter before he gets on that bull, going 3.7 seconds. Gang, gang. You thought that last guy was high. Man, it's, I think Put it's cool. Put him to shame. This dude, it, yeah, he's high. This dude's <laughs> coming in red. This guy's living in a fucking, yeah, this dude's about to be developed. Like, his eyes are so closed, he doesn't even know the camera's not on his face. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'd like to see him go eight seconds with his eyes open. I'd like to see him go to lunch, <laughs> like outside of his apartment. That's awesome. Is that a Nickelback record on the wall? Uh, that explains so much. It could it is. Be, man. <laughs> is, is there a that? song? Is there hype music? What are people listening to? Travis Scott? What are you guys doing? My my song is Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Oh, wow. That's what they play when I start going. And do, so when do they start the intro music? Is it like UFC? They do it when they come out of the, uh, when they come out, you know. When they, we get in that buck and shoot, that's when they start it. Okay. Pretty much like And does that. it play the whole time you're, you're riding? Yeah, they they got a music mixer at the events each weekend, so they'll play that, and then when I nod, he'll mix up something different, and it'll play a freaking jam-up song when I'm going. Dang. You should switch it up and play uh, Genuine My Pony. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea. That's a terrible <laughs> they, idea. They've played Baby Shark before. <laughs> yeah. They have done that. I, I introduced him la- last week after he rode his bull. I introduced him as... Uh, Mr. Haley Kinzel, because his wife's a world champion barrel racer, too. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of changed up his name a little bit last <laughs> last week, too. And did you meet her on the circuit? Uh, yeah. Not on this, but th- we have a couple different events each year that kind of collide with PBR. We get invited to some, and uh, I met her at one of those. Nice, man. Yeah. And did you know immediately, was there, uh, did you, I mean, how did that break down <laughs> with you and the lady? It was good. I I knew she, I was going to marry her before I even met her. Really? Yeah, that's no, that's no, so I'm doing interviews for like this little uh, digital network we had here. And I asked him, I said, describe the perfect woman. Cause he's what, 19 at the time, something like yeah. that, 18, 19. 20. Yeah, how 20. can he know even? And it's like, you know, all these teenage girls are flocking over these guys and like young cowboys. Oh. Describe the perfect girl. And he looks the camera dead in the eye and he goes, Haley Kinzel. 
and gives it this wink. And he had never even met her. Never wow, even met her. There you go. He met her right there, dude. Put it out in the universe no, and it, it happened. Gang, man, that's beautiful, dude. Thank you. And so her sport, her when she does uh it's barrel racing. Yep. yep. And so that's on a horse. Yep. Right. And it's clover leaf uh, pattern, three barrels. Okay. And so when you say that clover leaf pattern, what is that? Uh you just you go around they're set up right in a hand turn. Okay, the barrels are set up in a turn. triangle. Yeah, yep. and triangle. they start at one of the barrels. Yeah, you go. You start uh, probably hundred feet out from the barrel, and then you run at the barrel, go around it, then go to the next one, go around it, go to the third one, go around it, and haul ass home. That's crazy, dope, man. That's wild. Yeah. And uh, do you did you have parents that rode? Yeah, my mom competed in the barrel race, and then my dad rode the buck and horses. So when, from the time I was little up until I think mom quit going when I was probably around six, seven, I was getting hauled to all those rodeos, and that's kind of how I took a liking to the bull ride, and I would see those bulls go at the rodeos and big, scary baseball bats on their heads, and I just took a liking to them for some reason. Now he's got a 19-year-old brother that's in the same league he is now that, mm-hmm. that just got into the major leagues that's trying to beat that ass. Damn, yeah. so people are is that starting to become a thing? Oh yeah, they're they're loving it that me and him are on at the same time. It's kinda cool that the Lockwood brothers are competing at this highest level of bull riding. Dude, that's beautiful, man. Oh, she wrote this back. <laughs> is he single? I'm nineteen. That's perfect. For people just listening, there was uh someone sent in just a, a Snapchat photo and it's a girl uh hitting on Jess's brother. Yeah. oh nice get that tag i'll get it to him yeah there we go <laughs> love connection it starts here dude we'll be at the wedding <laughs> it all starts on the internet these days man you can officiate it man damn right i can do people get you get asked to officiate a lot man of stuff? we actually had a bull rider here a couple of years ago that asked me to and i kind of laughed it off and and didn't really think much about it but yeah we've had some weird requests like not bruce buffer making videos to walk people down the aisle with my voice kind of things but yeah like I, I, i've been asked i've done some funerals uh that weren't fun oh, obviously yeah. uh but it's part of life you know oh yeah um but i've never done one yet i want to mm. do one i want to do i want to i want to do the wildest wedding ever yeah just mess it up yeah make it something they can remember <laughs> make it right fun, yeah. yeah it's got to be life's got to be fun man i'm sure man that's yeah. great i love that nick we had any other good questions that came in uh we had another one from uh the guy in the photo lab <laughs> <laughs> this ought to be interesting I got another one for you. I mean, of course he this does. This man lost a tooth or something out of his pockets on that bull. Let me know. Gang, gang. Gang, bro. You ever lost your phone or anything? Did you take your phone out there when you ride? <laughs> Hell no. Did he say lose a tooth out of your pocket? Yeah. Is that what he said? <laughs> this guy's on a whole other planet yeah, right now. Might be on methadone. Man. Where's this guy? This guy is he from Oklahoma? Because <laughs> I, I live li- next to a lot of people that act like that. Yeah, this dude. Have you really ever lost is. a grill piece? Have you lost something that we don't know? I can't even. No, I haven't lost a tooth. I haven't lost nothing really. When I'm riding, maybe my necklace broke off once. That's all I can think. Do you wear a helmet? Sometimes you see guys with a helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I've never lost that. I keep that sucker strapped on tight. That's my lifeline. It's and mandatory. does everybody wear that? Is that mandatory? It's mandatory now. You know, for, for the younger guys, I think it's like 93 or 94 if you were born. 94. after. If you're born after 94, it's mandatory. Man, it's so dangerous. You have to you have to protect the noggin. Yeah, we're we're finding out more and more. You know, in all major sports, with with so much CTE and so many head trauma, so much research, we're starting to learn that like you've got to find a way to protect that dome. And so all of our guys are wearing helmets now. 
Is it harder to defend, do you find? Because you're right now you're the champion. Yep. Is it harder to defend that, do you feel? Or was it was it tougher in 2018 or in 2019 when you were making that comeback? I think it was the first year it was harder to defend, whereas this year I'm more experienced, got more bulls under my belt at the top level. I just feel it's it's just normal now. That Everyone talks about, though, after you win your first world title, it's a world champion slump the next year, and I felt it. It was true, huh? But, yeah, you get you get put through so much media at that point. Everyone wants to talk to you, use you for stuff. But now I'm just – it's become normal to me, and uh, I just deal with it, and it doesn't affect my riding no more. Did you notice, like, did your ego ever get involved? Because ego is a dangerous thing. Sometimes it's something we yeah. don't even control. Right. You know, it'll grow inside of us without us really wanting it to. We'll, you don't realize it. Yeah, we'll yeah. think we're the yeah. most humble guy, and you can have this, like, yeah. you know, the dark edge of you kind of growing up. Did you notice any of that? No, it never happened. My parents raised me pretty good, and – if if it ever got to that they would whoop me when i was little so i knew when i got older it wasn't gonna happen but that ego thing comes on those championship sundays it comes into play there i think when when you go up and you get to pick your bull in that top 15 oh really yeah so sometimes you get up there and you feel that big energy you're like fuck yeah give me that one he's oh, never so been sometimes you want to go with the biggest baddest oh yeah you're like fuck it you know <laughs> Let's ride. I'm the, I'm the man. Let's yeah. let's try him out. Damn. So your so ego, much fun, dude. and that's got to mentally affect the other guys too, where they're like, "Oh shit, he's yeah. going big." Yep, exactly. Your ego gets a hold of you, hold of you when you're picking them bulls and that, and make them other guys take notice. I think it's it's cool when you, we see a guy that can have any bull he wants to, and he steps up and he picks the one that he knows is going to be the most difficult one, Damn. and like he's done that a couple of times, you know, and and it's cool. Somebody will get it. <laughs> <laughs> Zen hit me that six, bro. I should have started at a three. <laughs> like my childhood. Dude, I can't there. feel my ears anymore. We got a question from a white kid right here. <laughs> this guy looks a lot more domesticated. What is that in the background? Yeah, he does look more domesticated. Is that a gorilla in the background? <laughs> it probably <laughs> is, dude. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. I was wondering what your thought process was going into riding Heartbreak Kid. Gang, bro. Gang, bro. See, he pays that, attention. Yeah, that's that bull that's we were just one. talking about. Like, that ego got a hold of me. Yeah. I went into the event, and I'd ridden both my bulls, actually, but I was really low on my second one, score-wise. And uh, I was, like, fifth in the event or something, and I was like, well, fuck. I got to be a lot of points if I'm going to win it. Fuck it. Give me the hardest-tried one. He's ne he'd never been rode at that point. He was, he was the bull that got left at the end of the draft every weekend because everyone was so scared of him, Damn. didn't like him. I was like, fuck it. Give him to me. And uh, I rode him and broke his streak, and and it was awesome. And then <laughs> and did you it win again the, event? the next weekend. And then the next weekend, I did it again, and I was kind of behind in the event. I'm like, "Fuck it, I did it once. Let's do it again." And I got him rode again. So really, oh yeah, and won both events. Uh, no, I ended up second oh. in second in both of them because I was he made up those points for me, but that guy went in leading it. He just had so many points on me. And so the judges, what are the judges for? They're 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 scoring the guys. And they're scoring the animal. So that's like the thing that a lot of people don't realize is like every one of these bulls is getting judged. So that's why the guys want their – they want these animals to be as well taken care of, as athletic as they possibly can because they're watching There's to see actually, how hard they kick, how difficult they are to ride, how quick they turn only, back. But, uh, and so they're marking them 1 to 50, out. and then they're marking these guys 1 to 50 on how easy they can make it look or how stylish they can be, or if they're just floating by and just barely getting by. So, you know, they're 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 looking at the animal and the rider and putting the scores together. And so when so 
when you go into the final event, when you go towards the end, you want to get, you're thinking, okay, I have this many points right now. Yeah. This bull is like, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to pick the best. Well, you have to really get out there on the best one. Oh, yeah. You can kind of evaluate it. Okay, I might be able to take a mid-range bull right now because I'm doing, I'm up by so much right mm-hmm. now. Yep, exactly. A lot of guys will try that strategy. And do you Doesn't think style, when no. you're on the bullet, so then are you thinking style, like, I'm trying to do this with a certain flair, or are you thinking I'm just trying to stay on this animal? So most of the time you're just you're just doing your job, doing whatever that keeps you in the middle, staying on them. But then if you're riding plum easy, you'll see guys lift their leg and it's actually spurring the bull and it's getting you extra points essentially. Uh. So it's showing you're in domination and you're controlling your ride and you're making that bull just look easy. And that's what the so you're yeah so you're competing so you're not just trying to stay on for eight seconds you're also trying to impress the judges exactly you're trying to get as much flair in your ride as you can to up your score. There's a lot more to it like like you think about eight seconds man it's eight seconds goes by so fast when you think about it but when you're watching so much happen so quick. it, there's a lot going on. It's like watching Flint and when people start a fire, you know, it's like watching that exact yep. process right there. Yeah. Just trying to pack it all in. Yep. Um, and do you go when, so say when it's it's your chance to go pick the bull, will you go look at them? Will you go down and spend time looking at them for, before that Sunday ride? No, you pretty much, those top bulls, you know exactly. You've seen them hundreds of times before that's, and then you get up on the cage out there and it's with him, and they got a big screen of all the names. And once you say that, they'll put your name beside him, mark him off. So, and on the te- on the on the actual on the stuff you see on television, do you see them pick the bulls, or it's just matched up once they show it up? It, on the screen? it it depends. It depends on where we're at, and like obviously, you know, TV producing and, and stuff. Because a lot of times, you know, if he's got the number one pick and that heartbreak kid's in there, you know, our, our fans at home on TV they want to see it. If if that's not a potential, if there's not something big right off the gate. Uh, then they might not show it on TV. But uh, in the arena, it, it's interesting because it, he has been getting up the last few weeks, and he'll look at me and go, what do you think? And I'm like, I ain't no bull rider. Don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like I, opinions. Yeah, yeah. no. I'm, a, like, I'm an open mind guy. Yeah, you want to see Whatever what, he thinks I can on. win on, I'll take. Damn. So I'm, I'm one of those guys. Like, I want to see guys be as high as they can be every single time. Yeah. So that's that's always my advice. What's like, uh, what do you see kind of the future of bull riding? Do you see it changing? Do you see it, is it great as it is? It's just going to get better. Them bulls are, they're producing them and breeding them to just get better and better. So it, if they don't keep doing that with the bull riders soon, there's not going to be a guy that rides all weekend because the bulls are just getting better. So, Damn. and numbers have dropped in bull riders, I think. And the amount of actual riders? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's dropped over yeah. time. And uh, we need to breed some men back into this world and make some bull riders out of them. Because why do you think that is? I want the truth. Yeah. I think because society is so scared of everything that like we're not you know taking what what is it the hot uh, off the garden hose you know oh, that hot hose that hit. hot hose hit yeah, yeah people like we're not letting straight item. we're not we're keeping kids in a bubble all yeah. the time we're not letting them get life experiences we're not letting them get their arm broke on the playground. Uh, we're so coddling yeah. that we don't let people have experiences. And uh, it's something that you definitely have to experience. I mean, and we just don't have enough toughness in society. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. We lose it out here. I mean, it's gone. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely. <laughs> it's in the ocean. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's changed out here. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that, there will be like do you think there will be like a resurgence of, of of more men wanting to ride well here's a better question what do you think it is that makes 
Like if there's a young guy sitting out there who's like, I wonder if right. I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. We got a question for you related. Okay, perfect. It's audio only, but uh, he's, he's looking for some help. What up, Theo? What up, Jazz? Uh, just have a quick question. I guess it's kind of a serious one. Um, you know, I've always wanted to to learn how to ride bulls. I come from a a long history of of cowboys. However, when my family moved here to the U.S., we moved into the city. You know, that kind of part of our, you know, my family's lifestyle was cut off, man. But I, it's it's something that nags me all the time, and it's just something that I want to do that calls me man i want to i want to learn how to ride some fucking bulls bro <laughs> so i guess my question is what what tips do you have man for somebody that wants to to get started um and to just fucking do it thank you theo gang gang brother gang bro that's tough you know when you get older it just gets tougher to learn it if you don't start out real young i mean it's not impossible but uh, it definitely makes it harder um when you grow up wanting to do it and you take those steps like getting on sheep then you work your way up to little calves and steers you work your way up whereas you're this age you can't start out on that sheep. you got to go straight into bulls it's just it's just so hard when you get older but uh that younger the younger kids that can start out like that and get in with the right people and make them take them stepping stones really teach them correct and teach them right it's just so much easier than taking a full-grown man and putting them on a bull because there's not bulls easy enough nowadays that you can learn on really right. right there's not a lot of beginner bulls really but i want to see kids like from the city i, I want to see kids that didn't grow up on a ranch because we've got a couple of buddies like there's a guy sean willingham he grew up wakeboard you know just an extreme sport and, and it was that adrenaline rush that, yeah, that kind imagine. of sucked him yeah. in and that's you know that's why i keep going back to the more eyeballs you know i want kids to try it like because who knows? You don't have to grow up on a ranch. You don't have to grow up in a saddle to be a cowboy. You know, and we say that all the time at the PBR now. It's like, like cowboy is such a broad spectrum term uh, that, like, if you've got those hardcore uh, base values that, that cowboys have, come on. You know, come be part of us. Come be one of us. Yeah, there's a guy Ian Walsh that uh, that I follow on Instagram, yeah. and he's like a big surfer, and he's big into X Games and yep. Red Bull type of stuff and all of that. Just he's a just an adrenaline junkie, you know. Yeah. And um, and to and I would love to see him. I would love to see some of these guys cross over. And you just, remember when the NFL went on strike here? Like it's been a, like maybe back in the early two thousands, the NFL went on strike. Whatever. Chad Ochocinco saw a billboard that the PBR was coming to town, and he tweeted out that he was going to start bull riding. And he came and tried. He went to Ty Murray's house. He he started working on trying wow. it. And this is in Ochocinco's prime. And he came to one of our events and he got on a bull and the the direct quote, you can YouTube this and look it up. It's, it's him saying, I don't understand why these are not the highest paid athletes in the world. Damn. I mean, that's a guy that premier athlete tried it and sucked at it. Yeah. Like was horrible. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's so, so <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yeah. The funniest part about, about this whole deal is they didn't just put him on like a, a, all right, bull, learner bull. This is the fucking world champion bull that year. This is the greatest bull in the world at this point. Like, let that just sink in. Oh, my God. I would be so scared. Look at him. him. You, you can he just, looks scared. He's terrified. Cage, but, like, he admitted he's terrified, and he's like, okay, we good? And that's not a knock on, on him at all. No, because, not at like, all. Man, I think it takes... It, dude's got huge balls just to try it. We're going to get you guys out of here in just a second, man. 
Hey, you gotta ride tonight, bro. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Alright, he says let's do this. Dang. Ah, Lee, man. <laughs> he was out. Wow, man. Wow. Good for him, bro. <laughs> Isn't that cool, I bet, though? Imagine how great he feels right now that he just tried. Like, how much respect do you have for for a guy that's totally out of his element to do that? I changed love that, Changed my whole man. perspective. Yeah, that's right so cool. there in that moment, changed yep. my whole perspective. Or Same. just changed some of my perspective of him. Same. Yeah. Wow. Same. I have the uh, utmost respect for that guy. Yeah. That's so wild. Anybody man. that tries that. I that's just a multi-million so cool. dollar athlete, and he's just like, I'm going to try bull riding just to, just to see what's up. Just to see he's if I He's got that million dollar contract, like, yeah. Screw it, you know. I'm gonna risk that's it all. Respect. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. man. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here today, man. I know you guys got to ride. That's the only reason we're gonna kind of uh, we'll step out, man. Uh, uh, but yeah, this has been so educational. And I'd love for you guys to come back sometime. Shoot, yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Love this to have awesome. awesome. Love it. Yeah, that Zen has hit me in the head. Is it a Zen? Is it <laughs> Zen? That's six, bro. Love it. <laughs> I just went about 48 minutes on that six. Buzz <laughs> in. Oh, <fucking> yeah, dude. <laughs> Bro, yeah, time to party. Yeah, I need more tree sap. Thank you guys so much. Best of luck to both of you, man. Gang, man. Uh, gang, bro. We'll see you guys in the future. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Now I'm just floating on the breeze, and I feel I'm falling like these leaves. I must be cornerstone. Oh, but when I reach that ground, I'll share this peace of mind I found. I can feel it in my bones. But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake And let myself unwind Shine that light on me I'll sit and tell you Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Do you know what I mean? Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.